you. My goodness, it's Friday. It feels like a Friday. Never miss a Friday show. Not a chance. Thank you so much for all being here. Oh, my goodness. Vibes on Fridays are always high. The weather right now in Wisconsin, oh, my God. Vibes are even higher. It feels like Jimmy Buffett outside. We're going to put our fins up at some point during tonight's show. It is a Friday, so we're going to celebrate. We're going to preview the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the trenches. We'll do some positional matchups. Or, you know, if callers just want to call and talk about Aaron Rodgers, we can do that as well. It's going to be an awesome show. A couple things from this week that I just think we got to cover. It was a huge week in Washington. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe you didn't notice. I almost missed this. State of the Union was Tuesday night. President Joe Biden addressing the economy and talking about all these accomplishments his administration has made with new legislation and immigration, abortion, price of insulin, all these different things, right? Biden's talking about. Now, Joe Biden did one thing, however, that confused many. He taunted opposing Republicans with a phrase that not a lot of people got. Now, these Republicans want to repeal the way I've read this reduction act. And Biden told these individuals, quote, as my football coach used to say, lots of luck in your senior year. Hmm. Doesn't make much sense. Many political scientists and language experts, now they've tried to make sense of this, but I know what Joe Biden meant. He's a Chase Wolf fan. <laughs> he's, he's pulling for the kid. Won the guaranteed rate bowl, and then the new coach ran him out of town. Good luck in your senior year. It was his job to lose. He did have a leg up. People, people forget he... He did lose it, but it was his job to lose. And before we continue the show and talk Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen, we got to talk national security, okay? Big story last week and this week. The United States shot down a Chinese spy balloon days after the surveillance device was first spotted over American airspace. This went on for a while. And according to a senior official at the State Department, China sent the surveillance balloon over 40 countries across the globe. They were sending them everywhere. Five continents. And the Biden administration is apparently in touch with other countries about the scope of the program, exactly what's going on. Now, according to one of my sources in Major League Baseball, it actually wasn't a Chinese spy balloon. It was a device instead launched by Christian Yelich's agent, and it was designed to go over Arizona and Florida in an effort to steal signs. <laughs> They're back up. We got a great show. When you play this video, you kind of have the different swag, you know, you feel like you're a bully too, you know, so uh, I feel like Jay brings that, that toughness, that edge to our team. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I get a text here. I don't have this person's name. It said, do you really introduce yourself? Are you talking about the intro? That voice in the intro? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Who else is going to do it? Do you hear anyone else on this show? Do you hear any other voices here in the studio? Do you hear a producer? When you call the show, do you, does anybody, somebody else answer the phones? No, it's, it's just me. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to introduce myself. It's not by choice. I suppose maybe I could ask Zach to do it. He did uh, uh, He did humor me one time when I asked him to cut me a liner. He has uh, his voice in our Slow News Wednesday intro that we use from time to time. But yeah, it's my voice. Who else is going to do it? <laughs> no one else here. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding Friday. The vibes are high. 
Vibes are always high on a Friday, but this weather, oh, 30s and sunny today, 40s and sunny tomorrow. I am, I am amped. I'm going to do some fish tomorrow. I'm going to go outside. I feel alive, and I hope you're in a great mood today as well. I'd love to hear from you at any point during the show, 608-796-2558, if you'd like to send me a text or call in and chat. I can take your calls and texts. And I'm also on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I want to do more Super Bowl stuff tonight. I, I feel like this week we talked about Aaron Rodgers and his retreat, and then it was trade deadline, and there's a lot of different things that happened throughout the week that kind of got us away from the Super Bowl, but that's okay because we got two hours tonight to hit all the different angles to talk about any players and matchups. If we really want to talk Eagles and Chiefs, I kind of want to talk about the Super Bowl, but also work in some Packers angles. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Travis Kelsey, he's a great tight end. What does that tell us about the Packers? And then we you know, talk about the Packers. So I'd like to bring the Packers into it, but if you really want to go all out and there's a Super Bowl prop or something, we can do that as well. I do at some point tonight want to talk, not necessarily Packers draft, but a couple of off-season things. So maybe we'll get to that before 6 o'clock. It's wide open. We're talking football, whether it's the Packers or the Super Bowl. It should be fun. I do want to start, however, just really, really quickly, not with football. Can we start with basketball? Can we start with the NBA just, just for a sec? Yesterday, we started the show at the NBA Lounge. It was trade deadline day. It was about as good as it gets. I mean, I mean, that's the perfect day. We were in the perfect place to enjoy it. It's like, that's like being in a Catholic church on Easter morning. I mean, you're just in the right spot at the right time. Oh, Times Square on New Year's Eve. Perfect place to be at the perfect time. Trade deadline day in the NBA Lounge. No better place to be. It was great. So if you missed that, go listen to the podcast. I want to add one thing. A quick addendum. Uh, before we move on and before we get into the Super Bowl, because I probably should have said this yesterday, and we were talking about a couple different trades. We were talking about the Bucks and the Badgers one, so I, I failed to say this, and I, I think for the, the sake of being comprehensive and, and really getting all of our thoughts out there, I, I do want to say this about the Kevin Durant trade. I said yesterday, I wish Kevin Durant would have played this season out, would have played out the rest of the year with this roster and tried to contend, because I kind of like this roster. Curry and Harris and Patty Mills, Great shooting on this team. Royce O'Neal's had a great year. Dorian Finney-Smith is great. Really good shooter. Really good defender. This team has a lot of the things that you would want. Now, it doesn't have a second star. There's a lot of quality players on this team. And Nick Claxton's taken a lot of good steps this year. And I just think that if Giannis were on this Nets team instead of KD or Luka or Jokic, we would all expect something of that team. We wouldn't expect them to maybe make a finals run and win a title. But that team can make a conference finals. That team can get in a live series with the Bucs or with the Celtics. A hundred percent. Right. We would not be counting that team out. And Kevin Durant, if he played out the stretch this season with that roster and that team, even if he leaves in the summer for the rest of this season, he would be playing with house money because if the Nets come up short, Kevin Durant's not going to get blamed. But if they go on a run, outstanding from Kevin Durant. Right, He stayed even after James Harden bailed and Kyrie Irving bailed. He stayed and did right by his franchise and really did right by his teammates. And what, a, what an impressive run. What an impressive stretch of basketball. Let's say they make a conference finals. Very reasonable for that team. I'm a bummer. It's a bummer, and I'm bummed that we don't get to see that happen. The thing that I want to add before we get into the Super Bowl and then the one addendum I want to make to yesterday's NBA lounge, I got to be fair to Kevin Durant. And I got to be critical of Brooklyn. I got to be more critical of Brooklyn. Because Brooklyn traded away James Harden and Kyrie Irving 
And they didn't get a single superstar in return. They didn't get a single pick or a single player that could turn into a superstar in return. Now they've traded away Kevin Durant. They still didn't get a superstar or anything that could turn into a superstar. And when we're writing the obituary of this Brooklyn Nets team and we're looking back on this failed super team, you can't trade away three stars, superstars. Harden's won an MVP. Kevin Durant's won an MVP. Kyrie Irving's been a top player on a title winning team. You can't trade away those three guys. And the best player you get in return is Mikhail Bridges. That'd be one thing if you got a prospect, if you got a player that was a top five pick that it's expected to develop into something, sure. But this Kevin Durant trade, you get Mikhail Bridges, okay, and some picks, okay. If you're trading away three superstars, you need to get, ideally, in each of those trades, something that could turn into a superstar. You're never going to get equal value for a superstar, but this is this is bananas. And now they're stuck with all these role players. Mikael Bridges doesn't mean anything for them. He doesn't do anything for them. Dorian Finney-Smith doesn't do anything for them because they're not contending. They're not trying to win right now. So, yeah, nice. You got players that can play right away. You got players that have already realized their potential, but it's pretty wild to think that a team had Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant traded them all away, and the best player they got in return was Mikael Bridges. I really like Mikael Bridges, but that's, that's terrible. So I, I, I made Kevin Durant sound like the villain, and I made the Nets sound stupid for trading Durant. I mean, they should have waited until the summer to trade Durant. you got to get something better than Mikael Bridges and picks. But, but, I'm going to be more critical of Brooklyn over Durant because they had three super-duper stars, and they got Mikael Bridges back as their best player. Makes no sense, and I'm interested to see how they handle this next summer because the, the next logical step is for them to tear it down more. Mikael Bridges doesn't do anything for him. Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, none of those players do anything for him. So I'm intrigued and I'm interested to follow what they do next. Okay, let's talk about the Super Bowl. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift. I have a fun idea for a Super Bowl conversation. Something fun we could do on tonight's show. And maybe you're into this, maybe you're not. Maybe this is up your alley, maybe. Maybe it's not. What I was trying to do this afternoon and what I'm going to try to do for the next 15 or 20 minutes, I'm going to try to put myself in the shoes of Matt LaFleur. Right? I'm trying to put myself in the mind of Matt LaFleur. And I'm trying to figure out what Matt LaFleur will be thinking when he's watching the Super Bowl. When Matt LaFleur sits down in his house with his kids, with his family on Sunday afternoon, and he watches the Super Bowl, what's going to be going through his brain? What's going to be going through his mind? What's the Matt LaFleur point of view on Sunday? What will he see? What will stick out to him? Will he be mad about anything? Will he be happy about anything? What will Matt LaFleur think when he sits down and watches Eagles Chiefs on Sunday night. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Now, I have a couple of ideas. And if you have some, please, 608-796-2558, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. The first thing I wrote down, I think that Matt LaFleur is going to watch this Super Bowl and watch Steve Spagnuolo, who's the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs, and think, wow, a defensive veteran right there. He's wise. He's experienced. He's been an assistant for dozens of teams. He's been a position coach for a dozen teams. He's been a defensive coordinator. Lots of experience, lots of continuity and stability with the Chiefs organization. Wow. Steve Spagnolo, What a guy. And I think Matt LaFleur is going to mistakenly think, it's a good thing I have my own version of Spags. I got Joe Barry. Not really the same. Joe Barry's been around for a while. He hasn't been successful, but he's been around. 
And Matt LaFleur is going to convince himself, and I think he already has convinced himself, that continuity wins. If you're turning over your coordinator position every year, it's really to the detriment of the team. So we're going to hold on to Joe Barry. We're going to have something long and sustainable, like it's Luke Venables at Clemson, right? Or Steve Spagnuolo in Kansas City. Joe Barry is not that. He's not Spags. He's not Venables. Is it Luke Venables? What's his last name? I got to look it up. Uh, Venables, Oklahoma. Brent. What did I say? Luke Brent. You knew who I was talking about. Brent Venables, who was with Clemson for a while, had a really good thing going. Stability, right? And then he ultimately left to take the Oklahoma job. I think Matt LaFleur is going to watch the Super Bowl and in some weird way feel more emboldened about his decision to keep Joe Barry because I think watching Spags is validating for him. And it shouldn't be. And I talked with Perry Goldstein from the Packs What She Said podcast yesterday on this show. And I said, look, I wasn't really that mad about the Packers keeping Joe Barry until the last week or so when I had to watch Vic Fangio, Steve Wilkes, Ejiro Vero, Brian Flores. They all took defensive coordinator jobs. All of those guys were available. And the Packers held on to Joe Barry. Okay. And the worst part is, again, I think Matt LaFleur is going to feel better about his decision watching this weekend because I think some weird thought process in his mind has led him to believe that Joe Barry is Steve Spagnolo, and he's not. But I think Matt LaFleur will see that when he watches the game on Sunday. I'm trying to put myself in Matt LaFleur's shoes watching the Super Bowl. Now, I can tell you another thing. I, I hope Matt LaFleur watches the Eagles and notices that they have more than one great wide receiver. I hope Brian Gutekind sees that too. I don't know if they will, but that's I'm hoping here. I hope Matt LaFleur watches this game and thinks, wow, Philly... They got a bunch of guys on offense, not just one. They got Dallas Goddard. They got Devontae Smith. They got A.J. Brown. Wow. And then Jalen Hurts, he is a threat as a runner as well. So on any given play, the defense has to worry about A.J. Brown, killer. Devontae Smith, killer. Dallas Goddard, very good. Jalen Hurts is a runner, which it was just like there's almost two players in the backfield. You got to worry about the passer and you got to worry about the runner. That's four threats, four elite threats to pay attention to at any given moment. And that's not even counting their running backs. Remember that come draft time. Remember that come draft time when in the first round, the Packers are going to be tempted to take a safety. They're going to be tempted to take a defensive lineman, which would be fine, right? But watch these teams. Watch the Eagles and see how many weapons they have. See how many threats they have. The Packers need to be more threatening. They need more weapons. They need a better arsenal. The Eagles are a great example of that. Last thing, I hope Matt LaFleur watches Mahomes and thinks, oh, <laughs> that's what a $40 million a year quarterback looks like. That's return on investment for a big quarterback contract. Because I think the Packers have convinced themselves, Brian Gutekunst and Ed Policy and Mark Murphy and Russ Ball, they've all convinced themselves. We have Aaron Rodgers, you know, elite quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers has accomplished a lot. He's won MVPs and he's played elite football. But I think there's Rodgers, the elite quarterback. And then there's Rodgers, the idea of an elite quarterback. And I fear that going into next year and the year after, it's more of Rodgers is an idea of an elite quarterback. He was an elite quarterback. He's got the name of an elite quarterback. And in this house, we don't build our team around ideas. We don't build our team around past performance. Right? 
there is a massive difference between the Packers paying top dollar for Aaron Rodgers right now and the Chiefs paying top dollar for Patrick Mahomes. And to be fair to the Packers, there's a big difference in Patrick Mahomes and every other quarterback in the league. No one's close to him. But when the Packers are paying XYZ to Rodgers and the Chiefs are paying XYZ to Mahomes, you're like, oh, a return on investment is very different. Very, very different. And I hope watching Mahomes this weekend makes the Packers think, you know, Rodgers ain't that, and we can't be paying that price tag if Rodgers isn't at least close to that. And I guess this isn't a roundabout way of me saying, I hope the Packers decide this weekend that they should maybe tra- trade Aaron Rodgers. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's talk more Packers, Chiefs, and Eagles. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. We'll continue to preview the big game next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Happy Friday. Never miss a Friday show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show if you'd like. 608-796-2558. Casey in West Salem says there's a very real possibility we won't be able to watch baseball this season with Bally's regionals essentially declaring bankruptcy. Yikes. Yeah, I don't know what the procedure is. I mean, someone else will buy it or they'll be forced to divest it and bankruptcy. I don't know who then would get it next. So it's going to go from Fox Sports Wisconsin to Bally Sports Wisconsin to who knows? I don't know. It's not like they're just not going to televise the games. They'll just be bought and run by somebody else. Good riddance because Bally's Bally stinks. <laughs> they just didn't have the infrastructure to do this. Their app doesn't work. It just, it stinks. Uh, I posed right before that break. I said, if you're Matt LaFleur and you're sitting down to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday, what are you thinking about? What do you see? Try to put yourselves in Matt LaFleur's shoes. And when you watch the Eagles and the Chiefs, what do you see? Right, and I'm worried that he's going to look at Steve Spagnuolo and feel even better about Joe Barry. He should not. I hope that he sees the Eagles have multiple good wide receivers. I'm hoping that he sees that. And I'm hoping that, I don't know, (laughs) they look at Patrick Mahomes and think, oh, Aaron Rodgers isn't that. We're paying him similar money. We should probably move off. We'll see if that turns out to be the case. That's my hope. Here's a text that says, LaFleur will be thinking, man, I had how many chances with Rodgers and Adams and couldn't finish the job? Yeah, I would imagine as well. It's like, wait, the Eagles Eagles got here their first try? Here's a text that says, Matt is going to watch and say, man, we need a young stud quarterback and not an aging socialite diva. Ooh, the, the, the thesaurus out. Excellent language. Yeah, it's not even the aging, it's the money. Because they're paying him similar money to Mahomes, and Mahomes is just, he's a different player altogether. Let's talk to Mike in Eau Claire. 608-796-2558. What's going on, Mike? Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing still breathing. Can't yeah. complain. Same. Same here. Yeah. I've never been more on the fence in my life whether I want Rodgers back or not. Like, I I'd like to see Jordan Love come in and reduce the salary cap, and I I just don't know. I don't know what to think. 
the Favre situation plays into my mind. I'm like, cut him. Let him go. Trade him to the Raiders. Get some draft picks. But at the same time, we'll get the same eight and nine season with Love next year, and then it's like then we look like fools. Look like we made a mistake when we really probably didn't because Rogers first year wasn't a success. Rogers first year with Devontae Adams was a bust. Yeah. Adams dropped balls all over the place. I, it's tough to foresee the future. I think next yeah, year looks very similar with Love and with Rogers. And this is something we've talked about. I, I think next year is basically the same year with Love and with Rogers. The thing is, if they trade Rogers, then they get the extra draft capital. They get the money off the books and they're in a better position to get better moving forward. Whereas if they bring Rogers back, I don't know if they're in a position to get better. You talked me into it. <laughs> is that all it took? You talked me into that. I'm doing that's 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 my feeling now. All right. I agree. All right. Well I'm glad we right. come to Love an agreement, man. Mike. <laughs> yep. Talk to you later. Yeah, have a good night and a good weekend. That is uh one of our mics in Eau Claire. We have more than one. We need to figure out we need to figure out a different name. That's okay. You can tell their voice is different. Yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down. I think next year is very similar. I think the off season is the same. Rogers or or Love. I think next year is basically the same. Rogers or Love. The problem is what about the year after and the offseason after and the year after? Right? It's about positioning the team for the next four or five years, not just for next year. Because if we're thinking about next year, sure, bring Rogers back. I still don't think next year they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. They'd be running back a team that went eight and nine. Right? We're not running back a team that came up a game short of the Super Bowl. We're running back a team that came a game short of the playoffs. It's a little different. David is here, 608-796-2558. What's up, David? Just want to clarify something from the other day. You thought that I was being critical of Rogers <laughs> for going through this four-day of you know, being in darkness. I'm not critical of that at all. Okay. He can do whatever he damn well pleases. That's not the issue. The analogy I was making about getting rid of a, you know, a bad mate, like a bad boyfriend or girlfriend, is that when they show that they're bat something crazy, it, his need to tell people that he's going to astrology college and that he's going to disappear in darkness for four days, his need to have that adulation, it just... It's old. It's it's not playing anymore. Do whatever you want to do with your life. Do whatever, uh, you know, makes you feel good. I'm fine with any of that. Uh -uh. It's not what he's choosing to do. It's his insatiable desire to have people react to him. That's that. He's just gone too far. And, you know, he's an intelligent guy, but apparently... He doesn't have very bright people around him because this just makes him look like a loon. Do I think that going to astrology college also makes him look like a loon? Maybe. <laughs> but you want to do it? Do it. I don't care. I don't care what you do. I care about this. you got to be on TV every, every day or every week. you got, you got to have... People commenting on you, that's so important to you. Enough. You sound like you do care, and, David. You sound a little worked up. Well, I'm just, I, I'm tired of it, okay? It's it's old. By the way, can you really imagine him going to the Jets 
and following in Favre's footsteps? I just can't believe he would do that. That almost doesn't seem real. Like, how how is this all these years later, how is that a realistic scenario where the Jets need a quarterback again, the Packers are looking to maybe move off their guy again? I, it blows my mind that that's even on the table. It's crazy how history is repeating itself. I saw the GM from the Jets who made the deal on, I think, Get Up the other day. Mm-hmm. And he said it was a great deal for them. They were really happy with it. They were really happy with Favre until he suffered a shoulder injury. Yeah. So he was justifying the deal and saying it worked out great for the Jets and that Rodgers could certainly work out great for the Jets. And and I suppose he could. But for all the reasons that you just spoke to your last caller about, uh, you know, get something out of this. Move on. Sure. I gotcha. No, I I get where you're coming from, David. You. You make good points. I'm not totally disagreeing with you. I get people are just a little bit over it. I think anytime well, we have well, a player, why don't you? Our... I mean, you know, I, w- I wish you would disagree with me more. <laughs> well, I mean, we used to disagree you're, on Rogers more. You're way I... too agree. You're way too agreeable. Somebody calls in and says something totally nuts, and you go, "Oh yeah, I, I see your perspective on that." Yeah, you guys all do such a good job explaining yourself. I guess my only, I, I'd push back, David, and I'd say, "Well, you don't have to listen." You don't have to. You don't have to make it front of mind. But then again, that would mean that you're not listening to the show. So I want you to continue to to put it at the front of your mind and continue to participate. Because if you're all of a sudden ignoring Aaron Rodgers, then maybe you're ignoring the show, and I don't. I don't want that. I'm not ignoring the show. I like what you do, and I like the fact that you're polite to people. It's just that sometimes someone will come in and sing you. Like the worst song ever written. Oh, don't, 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 don't come after Pete from Monona like that. Pete, Pete came into the show I don't know, the I don't know, show Pete. guy was gone, and he and he sang us his nice song. I, okay, you know what are you gonna do? It's good. I'm sure Pete is a wonderful human being, <laughs> and I don't want to come down on Pete. But you know, sometimes you gotta call a nut job a nut job. Uh, well, you're not a nut job. I think you get yourself a little oh, no, too worked up. You may be a little well, too worked up over Rogers. A nut but. job on your show. Yeah. People have called me a nut job on your show. Ooh, Dave. <laughs> That's okay. Probably just Dave. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. <laughs> you as well, David. I uh should I push back more on a caller? Maybe I should just disagree with every we should do a day where I disagree with everything every caller says. David, I I, I guess I could push back and say you're you're caring too much. Like don't let it bother you. But then again, when it bothers you guys, then you call my show and show's better so keep getting mad david please <laughs> fedex fred is here let's take one more call and then we'll go to break what's going on fred welcome grant the green bay packers are 17 million dollars over the cap space that they are how are they gonna how are they gonna fix that oh you're gonna have to start yeah restructuring you're gonna have to start you're gonna have to start cutting good players and when you cut good players it means your team's not gonna be good anymore so, what do you do? Do you trade Rodgers? If you trade Rodgers, you're going to have to eat at least $30 million of this year's contract with that, and probably some of next year's. You're going to have to get rid of a good running back in Aaron Jones. Uh, how, how do they fix this? <laughs> how do they fix this? Um, did you just play yeah. a sound effect? What was that? Uh, I got a text message. Oh, that's a that's a pretty bitch and ringtone. How do they fix it? They can't. They can't. Let, let me make let me make this clear. I'm glad you brought this up, Fred. I don't think there's a world in which they're contending next year. It's not happening. 
right? I, I think next year, record-wise, is going to look very similar to this year. I think they'll be around 500, whether it's Love or Rodgers. The question is, can they go 500 next year in a way that better sets them up for next offseason and growing moving forward? And that, that's the million-dollar question because there's no way that I think they can put together a Super Bowl-winning team for next year. They're not contending, right? So you're not going to fix it, but the Packers can get their ducks in a row in such a way where they're headed in the right direction rather than the wrong direction. Right now they're heading in the wrong direction. Then then wouldn't it make logical sense to trade Rodgers, cut some players and say, hey, you know what? We might might suck for a couple years, but hopefully we end up with the first round draft pick, the number one pick in the draft, and we can start rebuilding that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If they're not contending next year, I, again, I, I feel like I'm finding all these ways to say they should trade Rodgers without actually me saying they should trade Rodgers. And this is another conversation I think, I think highlights that. Just say, trade Rodgers. His time here is done. Right. See ya. Thank you for everything. We'll retire your number in the ring of honor. But you got to go. You said it. And, Not me. And, whoever take, and who's ever willing to take the majority of your contract, that's what team you're going to. Because yeah. Does Aaron Rodgers have a no-trade clause? No. Then there you go. Houston, you want Aaron Rodgers? You willing to take $40 million of this contract? Here you go. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I don't think there's a reality where, and Fred, I got to take a break, so I'm going to let you go. Have an awesome weekend. There's not a way that the Packers aren't paying Rodgers a bunch of money next year. It's the way the contract is set up. So they're going to pay him $40 million to play for another team which sounds insane until you look at what the numbers would be the year after next year or the year after that year. And not just if they trade him, but if he retires. Right? So either Aaron Rodgers is with the Packers to the bitter end and it's going to cost a lot of money or they can pay a good amount of money and get some draft capital while he goes somewhere else. I think that's probably the most reasonable way to go about it. For all of these different reasons. Again, I'm not anti-Rodgers. I'm not saying that they should get him out of town and chase him out of town with torches and pitchforks. I feel like I've found all these different ways to say they should probably trade Rodgers without actually saying that they should trade Rodgers. we got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday if you want to talk about that. Bucks got a nice win last night. I don't know if we're going to focus on that today or dwell on that today, but if you want to bring it up, we can talk about that. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Let's take a five-minute break. We're back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, breaking news. According to a source close to the situation, Mike Clements will be joining us at 5.30 to share a little audio from a chat that he had with Marquez Valdez scaling at the Super Bowl. Little bonus Mike, yeah, how about that? I love wrapping up my week with a little bit of Mr. Mike Clements. The source close to the situation is Mike, by the way. He uh, <laughs> he texted me. 608-796-2558. We're previewing the Super Bowl slash doing the thing we always do, which is just talk about the Packers and what they should do this offseason. Cone Roller has given us a call. Good afternoon, Mr. Roller. How are you? Happy Friday. Fins Happy Friday. up, baby. Fins up. Super Bowl weekend. Let's go. I had a tweet earlier in the show. Uh, someone wanted me to explain what fins up means. I don't. I didn't really know what to tell him, honestly. Yeah, but where do you even start? I don't know. What doesn't it mean? Really, is probably an easier question to answer. 
you know, I think you just tell them to listen to a Friday show, and if they don't get it, they're just a casual. <laughs> they, they don't get it. Yeah, you're a casual. It's the thing people do at Buffett concerts. Put your fins up, and then left, right, left, right, and then it goes into fins. Listen to a live album. Uh, Mick tweeted this at me. Mick, go listen to a live album, and, and you'll know. And listen to enough Friday shows, you'll uh, you'll catch on. Well, Cone, I'm sure that you called in to contribute to this Aaron Rodgers discourse that appeared out of nowhere. Not to assume, but that's my guess. Well... Yeah, I think it's rude to assume. Um, I actually called in about the what you're hoping Matt LaFleur is watching this weekend at the Super Bowl. Perfect. Let's and, you know, I, I hope he watches these coaches on the sideline and realizes that they're a leader of men. They are bringing their team into battle. I mean, as much as we hate on Nick Sirianni or whatever the hell his name is, he gets those guys fired up. I mean, he's a leader. He... He's kind of a clown, but I mean, he is a leader. And I also hope that before maybe watches and does, does like, oh, maybe I shouldn't look like I'm crying all the time. Why doesn't Andy read about the grooming of his mustache or eyebrows or beard? Um, why isn't anybody pumping up the crowd? You know, I hope he asked those, those questions to himself, little self-reflection. So you mentioned that Sirianni is a little bit of a clown, but he's a leader of men. I, I, I sometimes think... Like, you maybe need to be a little bit of a clown. Like, look at P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker is a little bit of a clown. But yet, Giannis talked after the game last night. He's like, man, when P.J. joined our team two years ago, we, we all felt like we, you know, we were bullies. Like, we were ready to go to war every single night. P.J. Tucker's a little bit of a clown. Now, there's a there's a, a fine line between a P.J. Tucker and a Patrick Beverly. Like, you also need to be good at basketball. You also need to be a good coach. And I think Sirianni is, but maybe that little bit of clownhood is actually needed to charge up a bunch of men to go play a game. Yep, exactly. That's that's my take. I'm interested. Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni, Matt LaFleur. I I hate that he kept Joe Barry now. At the end of the season, I was okay with it, but all of these good coordinators got hired this week, and I'm scared that Matt LaFleur is going to watch this weekend and think, oh, they got Spagnolo, you know, veteran, wise. He's been around the block. It's a good thing we have Joe Barry. I feel like that's what Matt LaFleur thinks, and I hate it. Yeah, a little bit. I. You know, I think after what we've seen as Packer fans with defensive coordinators, it's hard just to say we need to fire someone and bring in a new guy, and that's going to solve all your issues. Because we've seen it for the last 15 years that that clearly doesn't work. So I I don't know. I think it comes down to execution. From Dom Capers to Mike Pettin to Joe Barry. So you talk about a leader of men, right? I watch Ijiro Averro or Robert Sala, these – Defensive coordinators that are guys, guys. Like, even the Chiefs, they're amped up to play for Spagnuolo. Like, they're fired up on the sideline. I don't I don't get a fired up vibe from Joe Barry. Maybe the defensive coordinator needs to be a little bit of a clown, needs to be a guy's guy. Because, I, I don't know, defense is yeah, based you, on energy and aggressiveness. And they just don't have it in Green Bay. Yeah, you need, like, a, a college, like, strength and conditioning coach that's always, you know, wearing a, a polo that's three sizes too small and, Jacking everybody up, headbutting players. I mean, I would love to see that no in the green gold in January. There was a guy at Northwestern that got really famous a couple of years ago for that, right? Yeah, that's the exact guy I'm picturing in my head. Nerd. Okay, well, you got a Super Bowl pick for us, Cone? Before I let you go, um, you know, we throw around the term "legacy game" on this program pretty loosely. We do, but I'm doubling down. This is a huge legacy game for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, so that's that's going to be the storyline I'm focusing on all weekend. 
But with that being said, I think the Chiefs win. I think they kind of uncover the Eagles of being, you know, not frauds, but a little fraudulent. What do we so think? I'm, I'm going Chiefs okay. 31, Eagles 21. Okay, I like that. What do we think of all the Niners players over the last week and a half just complaining about the Eagles? And I don't know. Bad luck for the Niners, in my opinion. But mighty soft look. Yeah, I mean, you got to, you know, this game demands a lot of respect from their players. You need to respect when you lose and move on with it. I mean, the Niners are acting like absolute children, babies right now. So that's all I got to say about that. Robbie Gold talking smack. It's embarrassing. All right. Yeah, I mean, he's a kicker for darn sake. What does he have to say about it? That's what I'm saying. I appreciate you, Cone. Go play quarterback if you want to complain, Gold. Yeah, Yeah, you too, Grant. Happy Friday. Fins up. Going to a Lee Bryce concert tonight, so not Jimmy Buffett, but similar genre. I'm yeah. excited. They're not quite the same thing, but have a good time. That's our friend Cone Roller, Lee Bryce. Oh, boy. A couple of texts here. Joe and Bruce says, Roger's salary situation is like my former employer paying me a bunch of money not to work. Yeah, professional sports got it pretty good like that, don't they? <laughs> Coaching is another, is a great profession for that. It's like you get fired and then they will pay you to not work. It's like, no, we want you to go away. We're going to continue to pay you. It's a great gig. I wish my job would do that for me. Now, I would never, you could never get me to walk away from this job. I'd rather work for free than not work for money. I actually don't know that to be true. I need to see the, I need to see the figures and the facts for that. Andy and Altoona, 608-796-2558. What's up, Andy? Hey, don't let your bosses hear that, man. That's dangerous right there. Well, they know I'm a company man, and, you know, me and my bosses, we get together very very well, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with my job. I'd work for free if I had to. I really do love this job, Andy. Well, there you go. Uh, hey, the guy, the guy you just described, the defensive coordinator, that pumping up everybody, you just described, described Kevin Green, which is why we won the Super Bowl when we did. Whoa, Andy. Right? I mean, yes. that's what we're missing. Yeah, yeah. Someone to fire I mean, up think the about that was the, the X factor that year. That was the X factor that year. We need a Kevin Green. We need someone to come in there, just a big meathead, just to come in and just rile everybody up. You know, I don't know. That's that's what we're missing. We need a meathead. That's a great take, Kevin. Remember that it's time to rally the troops. There was a, there was a literal and actual rallying going on with Kevin Green. Kevin Green went to Clay Matthews, said it's time to rally the troops. But someone had to rally Clay Matthews before Clay Matthews himself could rally the troops. Dom Capers wasn't doing that. Dom Capers was up in the box. You know what I mean, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, we need that guy back, yeah. Hey, uh, so just here's my two cents on the Aaron Rodgers thing here. So, obviously, we can all look at the, the decision with Favre and Rodgers. The Packers made the right choice by moving on from, from Favre, going with Rodgers. Yes. So I feel like I kind of have to trust the Packers that they're going to make the right choice, whatever it is that if they think Love is the guy, they're going to trade Rodgers. If they don't think Love is the guy, they're going to hold on to Rodgers. What I don't want to see happen is I don't want them to see the same mis- they make the same mistake as last time because last time they knew full well they were going with Rodgers. I've heard Mike McCarthy talk about it. When they did the Pro Bowl that year after they lost the Giants, mm-hmm. they knew it was Rodgers. They, they, they were coaching the Pro Bowl, and he said, I was watching these, all these quarterbacks, the Pro Bowl quarterbacks, and we, as a staff, we looked at everybody and we said, wow. Rodgers is better than all these guys. He's, he's our guy. And so when they said, you know, Favre can try out for the team, whatever, they knew they weren't actually going to let him do that. They knew, but they didn't say it. They made Favre think like, oh, you gotta, you got to make a choice, retire or not. I, I wish they would just be like, hey, Rodgers, you're the guy, or Rodgers, if you're going to play, 
um, we're trading you because we're going to go with love. Like, just if they know that already, just just get that out of there right now because it ended up being the best choice because not only obviously did Rodgers do great, but when we traded Favre, we got a draft pick from the Jets, and we we used it to draft Clay Matthews, which yeah. we just talked about. That's what won us the Super Bowl. Well, so if we can do the same thing, great. Yeah, and maybe, Andy, looking back at it, you know, Favre left Green Bay and he was upset. And maybe he would have been left up less upset if the Packers just came to him from the jump and said, look, Brett, if you want to keep playing, that's fine, but we're going to trade you somewhere else. And maybe Brett felt insulted that they tried to pay him money to go away. They tried to, you know, tried to get him to go away quietly into the night. Like, maybe that's what frustrated Brett Favre. Maybe if it was trade from the beginning and everything was transparent and clear, that would have gone differently. Maybe that is the correct approach to take. You might be right. Absolutely. That, and that's exactly how I feel about Because I don't want the same thing to happen with Rodgers that happened to Favre because – why, why? Why go through that again? Like, learn from your mistake. You made a mistake. It was a big one. It worked out in the end, but let's not do it again. Andy, I, I, I say thank you to all my callers, and I you know, have a good night. I appreciate you. And I, and I do appreciate you, Andrew, but I will say something to you tonight that I have not said to any other caller yet. Two outstanding points, the Kevin Green thing and the Brett Favre callback. This was a, this was a very substantive call. You brought a lot to the show that I did not think of, so thank you for that. Hey, don't agree with me too much. Remember that all your callers don't like it, you know, when you agree with me too much. Well, so. you brought two great points. You leave me no choice. <laughs> Appreciate I'll you. try to be worse next time. I'm sorry. Thanks, Andy. Have a good one. Yeah, you, yeah bye. Andy and Altoona. Go Rails. Love our Altoona listeners. Sports Talk 105.1. W-A-Y-Y in Eau Claire. Got some text to get to. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. We'll take a three-minute break. We'll come back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Mike Clemens in about a half hour. He's going to join us from the leftovers of Radio Row. Radio Row's basically done by now, but he's in Glendale for the Super Bowl. Been bumping elbows with important people, getting us some good audio, and I think he wants to give us a rundown of a conversation he had with MVS, a player that's going to be playing on Sunday. And we talk about Matt LaFleur's point of view right, watching this game. What's he going to be thinking when he sits down to watch the Eagles and the Chiefs play on Sunday? Got to think he'll be watching Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a guy that he coached for two years. Yep, two years before he left last year, and then obviously wasn't on the team for this previous season. He was in Green Bay for Matt LaFleur's two first seasons. I have that correct, right? I believe. Or was it three? And then in his final year, he was hurt. I can't remember. All the playoff losses start to run together. They all start to stack up. (laughs) So we'll talk to Mike Clemens in a bit about that. We naturally got into the Rodgers stuff. I have a couple points about the Super Bowl. I want to directly talk about the Super Bowl. Still related to the Packers a little bit, but we go back and forth about whether or not the Packers should bring back Aaron Rodgers. We can we can go all day with that. What's done is done. You can invest or not, Dad. I got a tweet here from Jordan who says, people under the age of 40 don't like Jimmy Buffett. Well, actually, what he says is no one younger than 40 likes Jimmy Buffett. That's not true. That's simply not true. And then Jordan followed up his tweet and said, name five. Well, I, you're not going to know them. They're, my, they're people I know. What do you mean name five? Do you want me to give you the name of five of my friends? I could just make up five names. You wouldn't know the difference. I could very, I could very easily name five of my friends that like Jimmy Buffett. All are, they're under 30, let alone under 40. That's toxic. 
Thank you for the tweet, though. Just appreciate it. We were just talking a little bit with Andy. Andy made some good points because Cone Roller brought up a guy's guy at coach. He needs someone to rally the troops to get guys fired up, and Matt LaFleur is not really that. And Nick Sirianni might be a clown, but at least he gets his guys revved up. And Andy brought up Kevin Green. What a great example from that Super Bowl run back in 2010. Motivated Clay Matthews, got the guys rallied. Now, he wasn't the defensive coordinator. He was the guy on the sideline, right? Dom Capers was up in the booth. Kevin Green was the linebackers coach down on the field. Packers really don't have a guy like that. They don't have a rah-rah guy, which is the cliche or the 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 name that I hate the most out of everything. Rah-rah guy. I hate that, but it's true. Right? They don't have a guy like that. And then Andy made another great point. He said the Packers should not do what they did with Favre at the end of Favre's career. Don't try to sweet-talk Favre into retiring. Don't try to sweet-talk Favre into going away quietly. Just be very direct. Said, Brett, if you want to keep playing, that's great, but we're going to trade you. And they should do the same with Rodgers. Right? Don't try to convince him to retire, which I don't think they're going to because I don't think Rodgers is ready to retire. And the contract is very different. The contract for Rodgers is worse if he retires. It's worse, not better. And the Packers don't get anything for him. So I don't think the Packers are going to try to convince Rodgers to retire, but I do think they should be very direct with him and open and honest. And I think Rodgers would appreciate that. And maybe if they were that way with Favre, that whole thing would have gone better. Favre is just, I don't know, a lot more emotional, a lot more childish than Rodgers. You, you can say whatever you want about Rodgers, but I think Rodgers gets it. I don't know if Favre always got it. Favre is a little bit more childish like that. And, well, since then, we've, you know, learned other things about Brett Favre that would maybe back that up. Maybe. I don't want to judge, but I feel like we can. I don't want to get sued for defamation because he's suing some radio people over that. And I, I don't want to. I make money, but I don't make that much money. I don't want to go bankrupt here like Bally Sports. Let's take a two-minute break, get an update from Zach Heilprin. Come back, talk more Super Bowl next on the West Coast Sports Show. You know, you feel like you're a bully too. You know, so uh, I feel like Jay brings that that toughness, that edge to our team. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Scrolling Twitter over the break. So many Super Bowl tweets say there's a new Super Bowl poster for the movie Cocaine Bear. Have you seen the trailer for this movie? It looks pretty absurd. I don't see most movies. I'm definitely not going to see this one, but I will laugh about it and enjoy the memes. Got some throwback videos here on Twitter from the NFL about the Wasp play from 3rd and 15 from the Super Bowl two years ago. I'm trying to not do the thing that I normally do as a Packers fan where I was like, oh, we were a we were a game away from that Super Bowl. We were six points away from making that Super Bowl. All these Super Bowl memories come up. It's like, oh, we were really close on that one. Not so close on that one, but really close on that one. Really blew it. Not making that one. It's okay. I, I don't think I'm going to have any feelings like that on Sunday. I don't think. If I do, I'm sure I'll tell you about them on Monday, but I think we're going to make it through the Super Bowl in this playoff run for the most part pretty cleanly without feeling any angst about the Packers. I I was a little angsty with how the Eagles made it there without really having to face an elite team, but it's a good year to be a good team in the NFC. The Packers weren't so lucky in 2014 or 2020 
when they hosted Tom Brady at home with no fans instead of Daniel Jones at a packed stadium. Whatever. So, not the point, not what we're talking about. Again, I'm over it. No angst here. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Never miss a Friday show. I hope your week is wrapping up nicely. What a surprise do we have here? We got Binks on French Island. 608-796-2558. What's up, Binks? Long time. I know, man. I've just been traveling, dude. Been finally rolling back onto the island. I got to tell you a little secret. Oh, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna crack crack open a bottle of Land Shark, man. Oh, I think that sounds like a, a fantastic plan. I think I'm gonna maybe not have a Land Shark this evening, but I think I will crack a, a delicious Pabst when I get home after the show you, tonight. Oh, what are you? Are you and I bet you you and Dave from Monona had those when you uh, had your golf outing with Ebo, didn't you? Pabst. Paps. All your, have all of a yeah. Paps. Your your uh, Dutch Master cigar and your uh, and your Paps. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was I was listening. Uh, I just barely got into town uh, Wednesday when you were talking with him, and I I, <laughs> I really got a charge out of listening to you guys go back and forth about uh, you know if Ryan Braun gets. Uh, uh, his number retired by the Brewers. Yeah, we had Gasper on earlier this week. He was great. David Gasper. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, Bernie Brewer's going to throw gummy bears when he goes down the slide. That's <laughs> interesting enough. So, um, anyway, I do have a question for you because um, coming in, I did hear something, and I just purchased this uh, about a month ago. Bally Sports went bankrupt. What the heck does that mean? I, I bought it so I could watch the Bucks because I'm a, I'm still a little PO'd at uh, baseball since last winter. Yeah. So, but I'm still gonna. I'm you know I, I still cheer for my team. But what I mean, what does that what does that say about the broadcasting period? And I mean, is it just Fans are just waking up and not paying for this stuff, or what? Um, oh, this is a deeply complex issue that I am not at all prepared to talk about. It's I don't know if it has anything That's to okay. do with the with the broadcast arm. Bally's is a I think it's a I think it's a casino company. I remember when they bought it. I looked into it, learned all about Bally. I think it's a I think it's a sports book. I think it's all into sports gambling. I don't know if valley is going bankrupt because they invested too much money into these regional sports networks that fox so fox had to divest this when when fox went through a big transformation a couple years ago they had to divest the regional sales or the not the regional sales networks regional sports networks the rsns so valley bought them up i don't know what becomes of them if valley goes bankrupt if valley has to turn around and sell them to somebody else i think what will happen is just a different label will get slapped on just like it happened with fox I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. But we're, it's not like we're not going to have games on TV. It'll just look differently. I'm not well, entirely sure how the process is going to look. Got to remember, way way back when the Three Bears were young, you only had a handful of away games that were on TV for the Brewers. Uh, you never got to see at home games unless you bought a ticket down at Van County Stadium. So, um, but that was a long time ago. And then you finally got, you know, uh, I think it was. You know, I, I Matt Baskerian started the um, broadcast, and or Jim Paskey, and it was in the '90s, and it was fun. But yeah. uh, anyway, so it sounds like uh, after only a couple of years, Bally Sports—they're just a bunch of uh, turds, financial yeah. turds out there, man. <laughs> they are. So I, I I found it here. It's Diamond Sports Group, which is the 
Sinclair subsidiary that operates Valley Sports. So there you go. So they're okay. firing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. That means nothing to me, but maybe it means something to, to some of you out there. So I guess, according to Bloomberg, that Rob Manfred said the league is prepared to step in and make games available in the event that Diamond declares bankruptcy and, and they go under. So I don't know if the league steps in and and how that looks. It says, if rights payments are withheld from teams, a very real possibility, the pro teams whose rights are held by Bally Sports could be in for a financial crunch until 2023. So there's money that's due to some of these teams uh, that they're not going to get. I read not too long ago that the Cardinals were going to be one of the teams that was hit hardest by this. I will try to look that up and make sure I saw that correctly. Well, see, if Rob Manfred you know, says he does something, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to hold my breath. Forgive me uh, on that one. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, you know, it's good talking to you, but, you know, hey, we got another year coming up here, buddy, so I, I hope we can get to a lager game. So I'm going to prime Ooh. you up for that. The winter barbecue's coming uh, up. Are you going to go? No. Why not? It's it's not. None of the brewers are coming. That's... I want to see some brewers, not some, not some Iwegians. I don't want to see that. <laughs> That's fine. I, you know, That's from fine. Field of Dreams. I don't want to see, you know, maybe if Kevin Costner and uh, uh, the voice of Darth Vader was there, I'd go. But uh, I, no, I really don't want to go. So hey, well, I, you don't have to I, do anything you don't want I to have do. no interest. You don't have to go. That's fine. I'll uh, see you in a loggers game, I'm sure. But, but uh, hey, you and I could take a road trip down to that Field of Dreams, though. I, I Maybe that would be a little different story. We, we live so. very close to um, Iowa for a play. I live very close to Iowa for the amount of time I actually go there. I think it's only like 45 minutes away from where I am. Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. Well, hey, man, good talking to you. You have a fantastic weekend, and uh, I promise I'll try not to make it too infrequent. And <laughs> um, behave yourself, buddy. Oh, yeah. You as well, Banks. Enjoy the island and enjoy that land shark you're going to crack tonight. God, now I want a land shark. Sounds really good. Goes well with some Buffett. It would fit the, it would fit the scene. It would fit the setting, that's for sure. Yeah, Bally's going bankrupt. This is probably a good moment for me to say I don't completely understand how bankruptcy works. There's a lot of companies that go bankrupt and then you think they're toast and then weirdly they come out in a better spot. And I I don't know how that works. I'm no economics guy here. It's not like games aren't going to be on TV. Regional sports networks will probably just be purchased by somebody else, but I don't know how that works and it takes time and you know, there's bureaucracy and antitrust crap. Jared in DeForest says, in no way do I hope for this to happen, but the Eagles are set up to possibly uh, finish the easiest Super Bowl run in history. Mahomes could significantly re-aggravate his high ankle sprain, knocking him out of the game, hopefully makes it through the game, better to watch, and won't add to the angst. Well, come on, Jared, you gotta watch the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl of all football games. <laughs> watch! Yeah, I mean, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is gonna get hurt, and I think even if he does, he stays in the game and plays really well, because he's Patrick bleeping Mahomes. But you're not wrong. The Eagles really haven't played a live team yet. That's my hope for Sunday is that they do. Because if the Eagles blow, if the Eagles run away with it on Sunday because Mahomes gets hurt or something fluky happens, that's going to be a very underwhelming and unsatisfying Super Bowl. Very underwhelming way for the season to end. I want to see the Eagles trade blows with another really good team. I want a back and forth affair. I want to see some of these good players go up against other good players and be challenged and be knocked down and have to get back up. That's what I want. That's what sports are all about, right? That's what, that's what At least that's what sports used to be about the previous generation. You know, they'd fail and then they'd come back stronger. These days, this generation, they fail and then they quit. They go to a different team. They, they cry and they whine. They want a participation trophy. 
Oh, Dave from Minota's call. Oh, look at this. What's going on, Dave? Welcome. Hey, land shark. What the hell is a land shark? Land shark lager? Good old fashioned, good old fashioned real man's beer, Coors Light, Miller Light, all that other crap. Well, you, you probably drink with your pinky, of course. Now, he is wrong. Pabst, you see, you know, Binks. I wouldn't boil my brats in that crap. <laughs> I, went to, I went to school in lacrosse, man. It was old style and special X. Yeah. Yeah. I had a can of old the, style last old. night, by the way. Buddy had some in the fridge. The good old days, man. This, this time in the good old days, we were getting hammered. Street, you know, just right about now getting primed up. Oxford, Sidekick, Popcorn, all those bars, man. And just getting tanked, heading down to Howie's. Part-time Taco Bell. The Taco Bell was there like, when you were in school? It's been there that long? Oh, yeah. Yep. I I, I was doing the first day. I get part-time. Like, I walk across the street, get my bag of, bag of tacos, walk down the cross street to Lux Hall, and and just, uh, you know, throw, throw, back, throw back a few more and pass out, and then start over again next morning. You were just a house God, back isn't, in the day. Doesn't that sound good? That was a good old days, man. It does sound good. That's why I'm looking forward to having a beer tonight. Weekend beers are the best. But, but hey, you're talking about the value sports. Like I can share a little enlightenment of how, why they went bankrupt. Oh, please. The whole the, the whole marketing plan behind Valley Sports and buy all these teams because professional gambling now is going into many of these states and many of these ballparks. And when and when they bought this, their, their goal was that many of these ballparks would introduce gambling at the ballpark, you know, Milwaukee, St. Louis. You know, some of these parks you can walk into, like, like Wrigley Field. You know, you can walk in and gamble, you know, punch in numbers and make bets. And their bet was they wanted to cash in on the on the ching at maybe Miller Park, St. Louis. They would all introduce their uh, gambling at these parks. So that, that's predominantly why they invested so many dollars. And mm-hmm. since that's not going to happen, between that and then the you know the, the local viewership and the marketing shares and advertising dollars, it, it, it you know it didn't come true. So guess what? They uh, belly up, go Chapter Eleven, and next man in. What does Chapter Eleven mean? Do you, can you enlighten us, Dave? It's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the technical term, but basically, it's just a fancy way of not paying your bills. That's, ah. that's kind of the bottom line. Your creditors, you know, I mean, you're, you no longer owe your creditors a dime. That's my understanding of it. That's just a fancy way corporations do to, you know, to piddly end of these small companies, just declare Chapter 11, and the creditors get nothing. And so, that, that, you know, that's what you can do individually, too. You can do Chapter 7, Chapter, you know, declare bankruptcy, and you don't pay them nothing, really. It's just, uh, yeah, I was going to say, that's a your generation thing with, with student loans. You took the words right out got- of my mouth. I was going to say, Dave, you you beat me to it. And what I was going to say is back in the day when you made a promise to someone to pay him money, you had to follow through. Well, yeah. I mean, when we signed our name, and now, I mean, it's everybody of my buddy's kids. They're they're all having orgasms until, guess what? Supreme Court said, ah, ah, ah. And I said, you know, they're racking up tens of thousands of debts. And I say to them, to stop signing up for such Cinderella theory degrees as, you know, the mating habits of a plant or women's studies or whatever. I mean, my God, so many degrees these people are signing up for. You ain't got a chance. Like, why can't they do what we did now, Grant? We took our student student loan money, went down to third street and got hammered. How much did your degree cost all in? What was it, 60 bucks a semester for you go to school back in the day? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
you what you want your, your first house to. your first house probably costs less than my car does oh i mean we we used to take our student phone checks and head up to uh El, was it alpine alpine in the bluffs yeah <laughs> a lot of us wouldn't come down for the whole weekend <laughs> You're, but you're, nowadays, you know, you, you get you rack, you rack up all this debt. Guess what? I mean, you, you took responsibility. You, you, you signed up to such a ridiculous degree. I, I don't, don't feel I don't sorry. Think the, I don't think the degree is the problem. I, I, back in the day, what, what did you go to school for? Welding? What, did you, what was your degree no. in? Rick, uh, lacrosse there, recreation administration. Rick, what does that even mean? That's not a, when you Don't tell me you walk in and become a recreation administrator day one. It's not about the degree. It's about you go somewhere for four years. You learn how to take care of you yourself. Basically, you uh, what that degree to, does. You manage at a, that time. a course load. You, manage, you become an adult at college. The degree is secondary. Yeah. Well, I don't know about an adult. I mean, I was... I got kicked out of Log Salt. I got kicked out of Coat Hall, so I don't know about the adult thing. How I mean, did they let you move I, into a third dorm? What are you telling me? They kicked you out of two dorms? They're like, here's a third. What do you mean? Why, why did they let you move into a third dorm if the two if the first two didn't go well? Why did they think the third one was going to work? Well, they felt, they felt sorry for you. I had nowhere to go, to be honest with you. Yeah. Right, <laughs> hey, actually, the third one, they stuck me in the old academic dorm where I couldn't get any trouble because everybody was boring and they were all studying. Who the hell is going to drink with me and cause trouble? I suppose that's probably when you picked up the habit of calling sports radio shows. Who do you think wins the Super Bowl? Well, you know, I bet my boss, I bet Nelson. You know, I, I hate them both, but I got to pull for Philadelphia because I, I bet Nelson, and I, nothing makes me happier than taking him to the cleaners, that, that young buck in his generation. You know, I, mean, I, don't, I don't care about Ben. Ben just, you know, who cares? Nelson, it's fun, it's fun to tweak him and kind of troll him like we do some other talk show hosts in the state. You don't troll me. <laughs> you don't troll me. You, 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 I got hey, I got that invitation here, buddy, to Zach's wedding. Oh, you got it over on me once, one time. Hey, b- uh, by the way, w- have you been listening yeah. to Ben and Nelson? Were they were they at each other's throats by the end of the week? You know, no. I mean, I mean, I mean I'm going to be honest with people here, guys. Because I'm always honest. Those two personalities don't clash. Ben is Ben is very analytical, analytical, whatever, whatever analytical. Analytical, yeah, you, you got it. it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, analytical and statistic orientated. He has no personality. He's dull. He's bored. Boring. There's no emotion. That's true. You know, Nelson, you mess with him, he's going to fight and argue with you, and and you know, give me a, a, a little pep. But I mean, what's this? I mean, Ben's hanging around people that are boring, but he gives great information. But now, nah, I mean, the one bad thing they didn't do great. None of them talk about personal lives. I would think Ben hanging around Bill Michaels all week would learn. You know, tell stories like you do. What you know, like you do. You know, talk about fishing and cooking fondue and wearing short pants and Lululemons and breaking up paths like real men do not do. Or That's not you true. Know, watching The Bachelorette. I look. Last thing. I have tried to watch The Bachelor Bachelorette. I can't. I can't because you know everyone watches it. When I was in college, you know everyone would watch it. And I I would feel left out. So I'd watch an episode. I'd be like, I can't do this. I can't. It, it just I couldn't get into it. It seems so fake. It just doesn't work for me. I will leave you with this. At college, I'm gonna I'm gonna suspend myself before I even say it. <laughs> I used to do my classes around General Hospital. There you go. Yeah, I totally. And that's an and that, and Friday people. That's an official suspension. Yeah. Have a good weekend, Dave. All right, mate. Appreciate you uh, for explaining. Wow, Chapter Eleven bankruptcy and you know.
Uh, Onabam Fam, which is one of my favorite Twitter accounts, says, Clearly David Minonis is out of a comm degree from UW Lacrosse. We have gotten our student loan value and then some. Yeah, you're right about that. Dave, college used to cost like a nickel, and you'd get a house for $3. That's not really the situation here anymore. Student loans. Well, what a, what a wide variety of topics we covered in the last 20 minutes. Baseball with Banks, Landshark Lager. Landshark Lager is really good. I love drinking that at a Lager's game. Oh, Landshark Lager. Listen to a little Buffett. Life is good. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Mike Clemens here in 10 minutes or so. Excited to talk to Mike, so we'll be quick here. Super Bowl's coming up on Sunday. Of course, we don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Every day is the same. Groundhog Day. Again. 608-796-2558. Eric and Madison makes a great point here. Says, real men drink PBR if they want to. They don't give a flying rat's ah if Dave has an opinion on it. It's a great take, Eric. Damn straight. Landshark Lager, Paps, Miller, Bud Light, Coors Light, all great. They're all great. Real men don't care. Good point, Eric. Love that text. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We're talking a little bit about what Matt LaFleur would see if he turns on the game on Sunday. Right? Try to think of the Super Bowl from Matt LaFleur's point of view. What would jump out to him? What would he be thinking about? What would he be paying attention to? Right? I keep thinking about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And what an expensive quarterback looks like. What a top-tier elite quarterback looks like. Aaron Rodgers is 39. He's been banged up. I just don't know if he has elite play left in him. I know he played elite football last year and the year before. But the end comes quickly. Right? When the cliff comes, it comes quickly. That's what everyone says about Peyton Manning. The end comes quickly. I hear that all the time. Not my words. Those are the words of the people who talk about quarterback play, especially at the end of their careers. Right? It happens quickly. So I'm hoping Matt LaFleur looks at Patrick Mahomes and thinks, man, we're paying for that and definitely not getting that. I don't know. I've been reading a little bit about the Chiefs this week and the way that they run their offense because the Chiefs traded away Tyree Kill, the Packers traded away Devontae Adams. That's a big similarity, right? The Packers and the Chiefs trying to contend while also rebuilding a little bit on the fly. There's some differences, right? Mahomes is younger, better than Rodgers right now. Andy Reid is a top-tier coach of all time, unlike Matt LaFleur. But I think unlike the Packers, the Chiefs are really good at utilizing their lesser heralded pass catchers. Like, I don't think the Packers got the most out of MVS and the time and and this year, Al Lazard and others at the time. Like, looking back, I don't know if they squeezed every drop of juice out of their guys not named Devontae Adams. I think the Chiefs do. I think the Chiefs get all of the juice when they squeeze on their lesser heralded pass catchers, excluding, of course, Travis Kelsey. I have a fun stat for you, right? With the Chiefs and their use of three tight end personnel, they gained 957 yards this season, including playoffs. They're the only offense this year over 700. So they are in the lead by about 300 yards. They're first in the NFL with 14 touchdowns, 7.7 yards per play, which is fourth. Fourth in usage at 10.1%. So 10.1%, they're running three tight end sets. I bring all this up to ask you this. Can you name two tight ends other than Travis Kelsey? Can you name two tight ends? Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, and Blake Bell. Those guys aren't all pros. 
right? But that's not the point. The point isn't the Chiefs are really good with three tight end personnel because they have three or four amazing tight ends. No, they use the personnel well. And of course, having Travis Kelsey helps, right? But the Chiefs use of the position and the use of their tight ends, it's about how to influence a defense, how to manipulate a defense, right? With three tight ends in the field, the opposing defense might bring some bigger bodies, right? To deal with a bigger tight end. Well, if you do that, pass, pass the ball, right? Because they have fewer defensive backs on the field. Now, if the defense brings on those extra defensive backs to worry about pass coverage against those tight ends, then run the ball, right? You win either way. It's not about the individual player. It's not about Noah Gray, Jody Forts, and Blake Bell. It's not about the individual player. It's about how that individual player influences the defense, right? This is an NBA concept. You don't have to be a great shooter in the NBA. You just have to be a willing shooter. Because if you're a willing shooter, that impacts the defense. That forces the defense to cover you. And that's really what matters, right? If you are a respectable three-point shooter, a willing three-point shooter, the defense has to respect you, which allows the offense to work. It doesn't let the defense double-team elsewhere. Like, if the Bucks have a guy in the court who can't shoot at all, that's a nightmare. If they have a guy who's not very good at shooting but is willing to shoot, way better. Because the defense now has to look out and defend that guy. That makes life easier for Giannis. It's the same with the Chiefs, right? It's not about Noah Gray and Jody Fortson being unbelievable tight ends. It's about being a threat at all. And the Chiefs use that to manipulate the defense. They use it very, very well. The Packers need to get a little bit better than that. They need to get better at that. They need to get better at taking lesser heralded pass catchers and schematically using them to their advantage. Even if said pass catcher doesn't know all the hand signals, doesn't know all the routes, can't do all of the things, you can still use those players to impact the defense and create opportunities for others. Chiefs are really good at it. Watch for it on Sunday. The Packers need to get better at that. And maybe Matt LaFleur sees that on Sunday. Who knows? Let's take a break. We're going to get to Mike Clements. We're going to get him on the horn next. We're going to hear from him from the Super Bowl. He talked to MVS. We're going to talk to Mike about it. I'm looking forward to this. Wisco Sports Show, back in a few minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Throughout the season. Welcome back to the NFL Honors. Uh, I got to get a little serious here. Then we have some breaking news, actually. We just got an update from Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. Um, he has decided... Oh, he's decided to take some more mushrooms. So, you know what? Solid choice, Aaron. Have a good time. We'll let you know if anything else happens, guys. We're here for you. I would, uh, I'd make fun of that joke, but I've told worse jokes on this show, so I'm not going to. It's fine. I at least smiled. I, I, I had a little bit of a laugh. Mike Clements is here. That was from the NFL Honors last night. Mike, what do you, where do you grade that joke? Pretty good? Not so much? What do you think? Not bad. I thought Kelly Clarkson actually did surprisingly well on that show. I mean, I, you know, if you're scanning the afternoons, you see you're doing a local talk show, but you thought, I mean, how does that, how does she fit into an NFL primetime award show? And you know something? I think her presence was like disarming. I think she, rather than having some, you know, 35 year old wise guy cracking jokes, which, which, you know, the the NFL is no different than the Oscars. You know, the Hollywood stars, the producers, they don't want to be made jokes of. They yeah. they just don't. Very thin skin when it comes to that. And you don't think Jerry Jones wants? You know, you don't think he wants any jokes about him no. sitting in there. So uh, actually, I thought that was a pretty funny joke. I, the more thing was, you kind of knew at some point after this 
you know, if I'm going to go on a four-day dark retreat from Aaron Rodgers, like, he's why is he so hell-bent on making himself the laughing stock of professional sports? Uh, I don't think it bothers him. I think he's I think he's doing his thing, and I don't think the jokes bother him. I think it's a good point about Kelly Clarkson being disarming. If I'm going to get ripped or made fun of by someone, oh, it's Kelly Clarkson, okay. Because, guys, you know, guys, we get yeah, defensive no. so quick. We'll want to fight anyone that cracks a joke on us. Yeah, it's just like she's doing her cooking segments and she's out in her kitchen there in Nashville. Oh, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. Yeah. You know, on, you know but in the meantime, she's <laughs> called you a, a kook on mushrooms. Yeah. So I had some time to spend with Marquez Valdez-Scaling yesterday morning before they kicked us out of the AFC to- team hotel. And I said to him, you know, you played with this guy for four years. What do you make of Aaron Rodgers deciding to spend four days with no light, complete darkness, no sound in this dark chamber while he decides if he still wants to play football? Yeah, I mean, every, everybody has their own walks of life and their own journeys, you know, and, and how they get to where they need to be and how they get to, you know, defining, their, defining themselves and, and defining who they are. Um, you know, so there's never going to be a judgment on, um, you know, what someone has to do with their life and, and how they want to get to where they want to be. Um, obviously, Aaron's one of the, the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. Um, I think he'll go down as you know, the, the GOAT of, of, of throwing the football uh, between him, Tom, and, and Pat. It's going to be a tight race. Um, but, you know, with, with, with that, you know, I'll, I'll never judge Aaron, you know, for what he needs to do to, to find peace. Um, Aaron's one of my greatest friends. Uh, we still talk regularly. Um, I'm so grateful for what he's done for, for me, you know, on and off the field. And, you know, whatever he needs to do to, to find his uh, answers, do it. Marquez Valdez scaling, Mike, always struck me as someone who's very level-headed, very tolerant, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Was that kind of your read on him? That, that answer very much seems to track with, I, I think, my perception of MVS and, and what I've seen of him in the past. One night, Bill Michaels and I did a one-hour show with him on a Friday night uh, about two years ago um, at the Kohler Lodge across the street from Lambeau Field. And um, the guy that I got to know was, okay, my dad's an engineer, uh, my mom and dad are good people, but we live in South Petersburg, Florida, yep. which is a dangerous area. There's just all kinds of crime. There's gangs and all this. And I'm a good kid, and I'm trying to figure out how to get through this gauntlet, you know, of gangs and violence and drugs. And so he tried out for football when he was a freshman because he had the height. His dad is like a, a coach on the high school team, teaches uh, coaches defensive backs. And he he got cut. He He wasn't good enough to make the team. Yeah. By the end of high school, he's able to get in South Carolina and then later for South Florida. So he's a good kid from a rough area, and so he's always kind of looking to his left and his right. And he, he got a dog because so, he's kind of alone up there in Green Bay, and he got a husky, a husky dog named Ace. And that was it. He had two or three friends on the team, but he's always kind of on the down low. And and this, I was able to get him off campus, Grant, and get him to open up just a little bit more about this. And so I asked him this, because I sense that there are, there's a certain line, maybe at the age of 24, 25, where like, you know, Josiah DeGora, maybe some of these new receivers, you know, Dobbs and Christian Watson, mm-hmm. they know that the most of their career is going to be with Jordan Love. Yeah. So I asked him, is there a little bit of a divider line in there in terms of who's in the Aaron Rodgers camp and who's in the Jordan Love camp? 
Nah, there was never, uh, never no divide line. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers over there. Um, you know, Jordan's a, a super talented kid, man, and uh, I'm excited to see, you know, whatever he does, get his, his opportunity, what he does. Uh, but you got a, a Hall of Famer sitting in front of you. That's just the way it is, man. You know, it's the same way with, with Aaron was with Brett. You know, that's a Hall of Famer, too. And, you know, it's, it's going to be some going to be at the point in time where, you know, Aaron's not a Green Bay Packer. Um, but as long as he is, man, he, he's going to do his, his best. And he's one of the best to ever put that jersey on there. There does seem to be a lot of support for Jordan Love, like Devondre Campbell in the middle of the season, talking about he's a good starting quarterback. And then Aaron Jones the other day, basically saying the same thing. There might not be a divide, but there's a lot of support for Jordan Love. I think also, while Aaron Rodgers' is, you know, status is up in the air, I think it's important for those guys to to back up Jordan Love, right? Yeah. You know, say, we're confident we can do this. You know, they don't want to say, oh, God, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, you know, I may quit football. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, Jordan Love's got to hear some of that stuff reinforced. So, sure. so the next thing is this: you lose Devontae Adams, you trade Devontae Adams because he said, "I'm not coming back to Green Bay. Trade me to the Raiders." And you get to the point where Mark Murphy, the president, says, "You know what? I signed off on it. I'm okay with it. I had a long talk with him. It is based on family things and other needs and all that. There's no way else we could talk him out of it. He really wanted to go. So, and I respected him for being open and honest with me. So they trade him." And a week later, now Marquez Valdez Scantley is leaving. Now we know that he was pretty much an average receiver, but you always wondered if he could break through to the next level. You know, sort of like making six catches and a touchdown and three first downs <laughs> yeah. in a critical game like the AFC Championship to get you the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know that maybe he could have been. And so think of all the struggles and the complaints that Aaron Rodgers had about. I got nobody to throw to except Alan Lazard. So I asked him. They traded Devontae, and a week later, you hear that MVS now has signed a big deal with the Chiefs. I said, did the Packers make you any kind of an offer? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, you know, but they just, they were a little uh, tight with cash because they had a lot of other things going on with, you know, signing Rasul, you know, signing Elton to a big deal soon. Um, you know, so, you know, signing Jair. They had a lot of moving parts, um, and they just they couldn't afford it. So, nah, I mean, it was uh, – I had a lot of phone calls. Uh, it was – phones ringing every single day. Um, it was just about right, making the right decision um, and not making a rest decision to, you know, chase after some money or or an opportunity that wasn't the, the best. Um, you know, so I think just a lot of prayer and, uh, you know, leaning on God during that time to see what was going to be the best one for me. Mike Clemens is joining us from Arizona. That's a tough spot to be, Mike. The the second or third best wide receiver on a team that's got a clear number one and a highly paid quarterback, right? That was MVS's role. That's Adam Thielen's role. He's a little bit older, so that's a little bit different, but that's his role on the Vikings. The Bengals are going to go through this with T. Higgins. It's just tough, and I think MVS seems to understand that that's the reality. It's not personal. Yeah, and so he gets signed a good six, seven weeks before Brian Goodikins knows for sure if he's going to be able to get a guy like Christian Watson in the draft. And, you know, so that was sort of my next question for him uh, about that, uh, to, to talking to MVS. Um, it, it was along the lines of, he, he when he talked to Bill Michaels the other night at opening night, and Bill said, so what was free agency like? And he said, that was tough, rough. I don't want to go through that. Yeah. And so to me, I thought that meant the Packers weren't calling his agent. 
is AJ was frantically calling around to other teams, and uh, that you know when you're not getting any phone calls back, that's when it's like, oh my God, is my career over with? No, that's not what it was at all. He was saying, man, you know, I could, I had, I had to make choices. I had to pick door number one, number two, number three. I got plenty of phone calls back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Too many doors opposed to just one. And I think, no, but I'm grateful to have that opportunity to, to pick where I wanted to go. Um, and, you know, I think it worked out because I'm in a Super Bowl right now. Playing with Patrick Mahomes seems to be a, a pretty good default, right? If there's a couple options, the money's good and the location's fine. Well, playing with Patrick Mahomes, that seems to be an easy choice to make. Oh, and Andy Reid, yeah, an experienced coach of Andy Reid, and a team that's been to the Super Bowl, you know, three of the last four years, and Travis Kelsey, and, and a big fan base, and Arrowhead Stadium, and all that. So, Good point. Um, I'm I've, I've spent the whole week now with both these teams each day. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles are a big, extremely physical football team. They're more kind of a scheme team on their offense. With Jalen Hurts at just 24 years old, but a hell of a leader, I think, of extremely well-spoken. And, you know, they're going to run those RPOs, and they do it better than anybody else because that offensive line is so strong, and he's got great feet because Jalen Hurts is a great runner himself. But he's going to take that snap from Kelsey, and he's going to read the line. He's going to hand off to you the miles. Sanders. Mm-hmm. He's going to look for maybe, you know, throw to his tight end. Now Dallas Dallas Gator, or he's going to run it himself on the outside. And I talked to Gator about uh, how physical Gator. When you watch some of the tape of these guys, Gator's put downfield, and he is hitting people for Jalen Hurts as a runner. And I asked him about you know what that's going to feel like Sunday night. You know, whatever happens, happens. Uh, but I'm a you know I love the game of football. I love playing. I love banging my head against people. Um, I just think it's the best game ever. You know, anytime I can compete against somebody is what I like to do. So. Uh, I'm blessed that I'm able to play a sport uh, for a living. You're not normal if you don't have butterflies before a kickoff, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to let that to creep into your focus and your patience. Yeah, you know, I, I have butterflies before every game, uh, you know, and it's just just the fact that I love the game, and as soon as I get my first play out there and, uh, you know, I, I block somebody or run my first route, all my emotions go away and I'm just locked in, you know. You, you just kind of tune the crowd out and, you know, in between – the white lines that's that's all you're focused on greg olson was on cowherd today mike and i was listening to it a little bit and he said that there's an advantage to teams just being open and honest about it being the super bowl this isn't just any other game this isn't a normal game this is different and and pretending that it's just a normal game he said is is i think to the detriment of some of these guys so it's interesting to hear dallas goddard say well i have butterflies before every game so maybe this game is nothing new for him yeah, one thing I talked to Dallas about, too, is like, do you understand how loud it's going to be in this thing? Yeah. I said, if you play, like, you know, in U.S. Bank State, these domes, and the NFL brings these extra speakers. It's ridiculously loud. It's crazy loud. Just to, so people that are paying $3,000 a ticket feel like they're experiencing something. Mm-hmm. But Andy Reid says, you know, it's not, it's not some nervous receiver back there dropping a ball or, you know, a, a punt return or something like that. He says that it, these games tend to be all decided – on the line of scrimmage. When you get in the playoffs, that combination right there, the O-lines versus the D-lines on both teams, ends up being kind of the um, thing that wins or loses games. So 
uh, and it's magnified every level that you go up, every step of the that you move up um, in the playoffs. And so the Super Bowl, uh, it'll be magnified at the most between those two. And normally who wins that battle ends up winning the game. The trenches. These games are decided in the trenches, Mike. But I think the Chiefs and the Eagles, they're so well coached that if there is a deficiency on one of the lines, they find a good way to to minimize that. Or, or on the other side, right, if there's a deficiency on the opposition's line, they find a way to exploit it. So it's not just about having the most talented line. It's about coaching and maneuvering your line and, and putting your lines in, in the best spot to succeed. Right, Grant. And to be sure, the Philadelphia Eagles win the game if it's in the weight room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but if you watch the film, if you can think of technique and leverage, if it's like if Chris Long can get a double team with one other guy or help from a linebacker and they can find one little crack in that offensive line, on some sort of a key third down or where they can get to, or they can find ways. You know, Steve Spagnola, he's the guy that beat the 18-0 and New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. The helmet catch game, he was the defense coordinator for the Giants that day. Yeah. Now, he had a hell of a defensive line with Michael Strahan and that bunch. But the question is, can they, can they figure out ways to out-leverage and get, you know, Jalen Hurts down behind the line of security? So Jalen will be the first to say, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. It'll be a great game. I mean, it'll be a battle. You got the best of the best playing playing against one another. You know, two really two really good teams, two well coached teams, um, stacked with players. So it'll it'll be a competitive game. I think the roster is the Eagles. They have the best roster in the league. I don't know that it's all that close. The best quarterback in the league is Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not sure that it's all that close. Yep. And I love that matchup. I, I love that comparison, and I hope it's a close game, and I hope we get to see these teams trading blows and going back and forth because we haven't really seen the Eagles against a legit team that can test them for four quarters, and I'm excited at the the idea of maybe that happening on Sunday. Can Andy Reid figure out a way to get past that great physical roster that uh, GM Howie Roseman has put together and, you know, the, against the younger coach, Nick Sirianni, you know, and and Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator, can he can he out scheme them or come up with a plan? And at the end of the day, you know, when you got Patrick Mahomes, man, you just wind him up and, and let him play his game. And if he's yeah. if his receivers can stay healthy for four quarters, and you listen to listen to Mahomes, Grant, I mean, he is driven to not lose another Super Bowl. When I look back at the end of my career, I don't want to look back and be like, man, I didn't give everything I have to, to win to win Super Bowls because of the great people I have around me. And so uh, when I get done with my career, I just want to make sure that I, I know that I gave everything I had on that football field. Well, and it sucks if Mahomes loses this game, even if he plays well. The conversation on Monday, Mike, is Patrick Mahomes, one and two in Super Bowls, right? Or maybe we're, maybe we're overrating this guy. Maybe he right. doesn't have it in big moments. And that would suck. That would suck. Right, right, right. So... I'm I'm going with the Chiefs because of the experience. Even though everything says about, you know, how big and bad, you know, and the sacks that uh, that the the Eagles have had all those years. Mm-hmm. I just want to think that that Mahomes can figure out a way to get the ball out of his hand. That there's some sort of deception that they can have. Uh, the, but if the Eagles just run over that Chiefs defense. You know, and then Patrick hasn't got much of a chance. Patrick's got to be completely on. I think yeah. Jalen Hurts could have an average game and, you know, ball security totally. and still win the game. Totally. But Patrick Patrick Mahomes can't have a bad night. He's got to be spot on to pull this thing off. Well, Mike, before we say goodbye, did you have fun in Arizona? Did you have one moment that was above the rest? Give it. Give us a highlight. Give us something. We want to hear about it. 
still haven't been to the game yet. No, it's, you know, I, I've only, this is like the third time I've been to Arizona. And, you know, the people live here say, yeah, it gets cold at night. It actually does get pretty cold at night. Yeah. But no, I've, you know, I just, I, I have a hundred stories, man. I can go for two hours with you on some of the players that I meet and all that. But I, I mean, I just spent a half hour talking to AJ Hawk. Yeah. And the, uh, and how the McAfee show is going. And I talked about, you know, I talked to him at length about NFL players and how guarded they are. And he says, I think that these players now are more guarded than when, when we were players, right? I go, I don't know. So we went back and forth about, well, you know, how much do the PR staffs coach you and, 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 and dog you about what you said in the media and that kind of thing? I said, you know, McCarthy was not that bad. He said McCarthy would stand up at a team meeting saying, don't say anything to the media that would embarrass anybody in this room. Yeah. That's the, that's the simple rule you need to remember. Mm-hmm. Don't say anything that will embarrass anybody else in this room. And if you keep that in mind, then we'll be okay. But, but then he said, and then he said, he said, I flipped off Winston Moss, you know, the linebacker coach, yeah. just joking around. And McCarthy fined him a thousand dollars. It's easy. Yeah. That's, oh, that's classic. Did you guys talk about the, the Rodgers hits at all with AJ Hawk? And what that's become over the last couple of years, it's pretty insane. About Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, and his appearances on that show. Because Hawks, I mean, Hawks there every week, too. We talk about McAfee, but Hawks there, too. Because A.J. Hawk was on Bill's show for, like, you know, 45 minutes last year. Yeah. And it was was the same thing. I didn't even say Aaron's name to him. Because we, because you know something? Here's the funny part. One other guy from the McAfee show came up to me. And he knows that I cover the Packers. Uh-huh. And even though they're the show that gets aired every week, you know what he said to me? What's that? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's turned into a thing for those guys. They probably have to talk about it a lot. I get it. Well, Mike, enjoy the game. Travel safely when you come back next week. And I appreciate you jumping on and, and giving us a rundown and sharing that cool conversation with MVS. Absolutely, brother. And I'll get you the, you know, we'll bring the story of the, the post game and then anything else Pack-related early next week for you okay hell yeah appreciate that mike enjoy the game on sunday thanks grant mike clemens he's on twitter at mike clemens nfl let's take a break we'll wrap up the wisco sports show fins up we'll wrap up the wisco sports show next this is the wisco sports show with grant bills on the wisconsin sports zone radio network couple of minutes wrapping up the week super bowl on sunday bucks play the clippers tonight i can't wait for that and then they got the celtics next tuesday night Ooh. i don't know if jay Crowder will be ready by then if he is maybe not in the full swing of the playbook and everything we'll have to see how that plays out i had some Giannis audio tonight that i was maybe gonna play and we just didn't get to it which is fine go watch the clip of him talking about jay crowder joining the team it's it's funny. He talks about PJ Tucker being on the team a couple of years ago and how he's excited about Jay Cry. It was it was just a really cool explanation of how a midseason acquisition can help a team. I, I just think adding someone new into the mix who's hungry and is almost like a shot in the arm, it's almost like the basketball skill set is secondary. Or maybe not secondary, but but it's only part of it. Part of it is the basketball skill set and the fit, and Jay Crowder's a good fit. 
I think another important part of it in season acquisition is these guys have been playing together for 60 games now, 55 games now. You just need something new. Need a new voice. Need need somebody with new energy. And I think P.J. Tucker was helpful for that. I think Jay Crowder will be much of the same. So enjoy Bucks Clippers tonight. Bucks Celtics next Tuesday. That's going to be wet and wild. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Be back on Monday to talk about it all. I can't wait. I'm kind of feeling Chiefs because Mahomes is him. And maybe the Eagles run away with it because the roster's better. I don't really see a scenario in which the Chiefs run away with it. We'll see. Have a great weekend. Listen to some Buffett. Get outside tomorrow. It's going to be beautiful. We'll talk Monday at 4. Some-